This my house. Entry, please. Looks like I picked the wrong week to quit amphetamines. It's like eating a spoonful of Drano. Sure, it'll clean you out. It'll leave you hollow inside. Final checkpoint. Answer this question. What is the most unattractive male first name in the English language? Keith. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to It's Keith Greaves Show, the January 4th, 2019 edition for show in quite a long time. Hoping to get back on the horse for good this time. We'll see how life plays out. Got a very extravagantly planned, I made that word up, show for today for the uh, the re-inaugural. What happens when you kick something off multiple times? We'll call it the re-inaugural show. Phil Atoshin from BearsBarroom.com. If you're a Chicago Bears fan and you're not familiar with his Twitter feed, or at least that website, you're doing yourself a disservice. Trust me. He'll be uh, joining me for uh, the premiere segment after my little intro rant. I'm going to try a new format for the podcast. The first segment will be just a random rant, something that I uh, want to get off my chest. And then uh, the second segment will be the uh, real attraction, the, the, the guest of the, the week, the day, the show, whatever you want to call it. And today, show number one of 2019, will be Phil Atoshin. Had a great holiday, Christmas, New Year's. Took my dad to see... Uh, they Shall Not Grow Old. And I don't know, it's, it's a very limited release. It was only one theater at one time on one day here in, in Rochester, New York. But they took Peter Jackson, the guy that did The Lord of the Rings, took World War One do, uh, documentary footage, film footage, and colorized it, added frames so that you know, the frame rate was up to modern levels. And then they used like forensic lip readers to figure out what was being said so that they could add audio to it. I mean, it's it was really fantastic. Um, and now we're here trying to get things back up uh, and running, try to get 87sportsfans.com as a regular uh, uh, part of your sports day one way or another. And here we are with It's Keith Grief Show. So without further ado, here is what I want to talk about today. The Oklahoma City Thunder traveled to L.A. to play the Lakers on Thursday night. And while the outcome, losing without, while playing without LeBron James, may not have surprised anyone, there was something a little off-putting about the game. And that was, to me, the fans booing Paul George. And let's not get carried away here. Paul George is an L.A. native. He's a little deserving of some vitriol from Lakers fans. I mean, he was the one that uh, started this whole hoping and wishing for him to come to the Lakers, you know, a fan base that just recently remembered what competitive basketball looked like. No one made him tell the Pacers his intentions were to go to L.A. and therefore convincing the Pacers they needed to trade him, right? It's amazing since the decline of the franchise that not coincidentally lines up exactly with Phil Jackson retiring again. Laker fans have become so desperate for any sign of a return to prominence that they would jump on words from a player a season and a half before he actually would become available. Sad, really. And I'm saying this as a Laker fan. 
Of course, the Pacers weren't going to help L.A. I don't care if Larry Bird stepped away almost two months before the trade took place. There was no way the Pacers were going to allow the Lakers to poach a player of Georgia's talent without asking for the number two overall pick in 2017, something the Lakers weren't, were unwilling to do. And that pick turned into Lonzo Ball, so take that for what it's worth. So they moved him to OKC and in turn ultimately changed his plans to join the Lakers. And then the Lakers go and get LeBron and Rajon Rondo, JaVale McGee, and eventually Tyson Chandler, and a whole bunch of names that got Laker fans thinking that maybe we could piece something together. And then Paul George comes to Staples, and the booing commenced when he was introduced. And then the hysteria reached a fever pitch when they started chanting, we don't need you, while he was shooting a free throw in the fourth quarter. A fourth quarter that saw the Lakers get outscored 29-18. That's right. In a game they lost by seven, they were outscored by nine down the stretch when it counted. And you don't think the Lakers need Paul George? They don't need a player like Paul George? Here's the facts. Okay, Paul George was actually a stand-up guy in the wake of his status as a free agent. He knew he wanted to come back to OKC, so he didn't take a meeting with Magic Johnson or the Lakers. Now, this is in of itself enough for Laker fans to feel insulted. Why wouldn't he want to come to the purple and gold? Well, you know what? The brand is tarnished. Jim Buss did it. You don't want to admit this, but the later years of Kobe Bryant did it. The brand is tarnished. He wasn't being rude. He was being honest. He actually did the Lakers a favor because he didn't drag out any negotiations he knew weren't going to change his mind. And in doing so, allowed L.A. to focus their efforts elsewhere. He was not a current player that bolted for more cash, chasing the almighty dollar. He didn't waffle in interviews, painting a picture that there was a chance of him signing with the Lakers. He knew what he wanted and acted accordingly. So all this anger and faux feelings of betrayal are, are just embarrassing. Secondly, Paul George as a small forward on OKC is statistically better than second-year man Kyle Kuzma, who has played most of his minutes at the three. He's better offensively, he's better defensively, he's a better rebounder, he's a better free-throw shooter. Their effective field goal percentage is equal, and George has a PER rating nine points higher than Kuzma. And regardless of whether Kuzma's the three or Brandon Ingram's really the three, neither one of those players is Paul George. I love Kyle Kuzma. I'm ecstatic that he's a Laker. But to act out like they're better off without Paul George is just ludicrous. All you're doing is creating animosity that may prevent it from ever happening and embarrassing the entire fan base. You heard me. Embarrassing the entire fan base. Act like you've been here before. Act like you know something about basketball, Lakers fans. There's plenty of people worth booing not Paul George. And now it's time for the It's Keith Greaves Show Guest of the Week. And joining me now, a very special guest, Mr. Phil Atoshin from BearsBarRoom.com. Follow him on Twitter at Fulfillo. Let me spell that for you. Capital F U L. P-H-I-L, and then a capital O on the end. Former Hofstra punt returner, wide receiver, running back, a coaching background in the game of football, and a noted Bears fan extraordinaire. 
Mr. Philatoshan, welcome to It's Keith Grief Show. How you doing, Keith? I'm fired up to be on your show. Uh, you know, man, this is such a great time to be a Bears fan. And I just follow, I just found you. Actually, the first time that I dug into your Twitter profile was the video breakdown that you did about uh, Trubisky, um, mm-hmm. about all the haters. And, and we'll get to that in a minute. Um, mm-hmm. But this is just the resurgence, the one-year turnaround of the Chicago Bears is something that, God, you know, you look around the league and there's the Bears, there's the Colts and the job that Frank Reich has done. Uh, Peterson took a couple years, but you know, let's not let's not uh, give the Eagles too much credit this week. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> do you think that like coaches being able to facilitate these quick turnarounds like that are the reasons why coaches like Steve Wilkes gets let go after one year? You know, coaching is a tough, tough thing, and you see that. That's why a lot of people ask, "Why aren't you still coaching?" You know. I've had a lot of opportunities, but it's a family thing. And if you're moving your family and the expectations on every level, high school included, sometimes even Pop Warner coaching, you know, people want to win. This is a world where, yeah, participation awards are being given out and talked about a lot. But at the end of the day, everyone talking in the background is about winning. And when you see other teams doing it, and especially with the Cardinals, you know, sometimes you see the cart before the horse and say, you know what, we need to get something else here. You know, we never really know the inner workings. And in the NFL is a lot of uh, back channels and old boys network and what have you. But it also is, you hear it all the time, Keith. It's a copycat league. So it's a very difficult business. And to find the right person, you know, at bearsbarroom.com, you know, Bears Barn Radio Network. I've talked about this for four, five, almost five years about recognizing the head coach is the most important free agent signing. He's the most important person in the building, even more so than the GM, because they have to lead men that are getting paid possibly more than they are. And to find the right character, the team is always a reflection of the head coach as you look at the Chicago Bears right now and the swagger and the club dub, and all of that comes from this man and his belief in what he believed in, be you. And and really, to get that kind of mindset out of this football team, you know, the last 15 out of 16 years, Keith, there's been a worst to first in the NFL, right. in, irregardless of division or conference or what have you. So it's not like it doesn't happen. But for the Chicago Bears to be in the doldrums and – you know, always living in the shadow of the 1985 Bears. You know, at Bears Barroom, myself and others touting, we need to get rid of that. We need a young, offensive-minded, team-first guy to come in here. And I'll say this, the smartest man in the barroom, Shane Marsaw, back in October of 2017, mentioned Matt Nagy as a possible guy before anybody even talked about it. We are always on the cusp. And the audio history of our show speaks for itself of saying this is what we need. John Fox is old, tired, old-time way of thinking. It, it was not working with a young quarterback. Pace made the mistake to do that and not stand up for his truth. And he learned from his mistake and did the right thing. And look where these bears are. 
Well, you know, if people want to, at least originally wanted to, you know, hack pace a lot for that John Fox hiring, but that was more Ernie Corsi oh from what God. I read than anything a else. Lot. My uncle was the head coach of the Cleveland Browns. I won't quote him, but I'll just say this. He compared Ernie Accorsi to somebody who sells shoes at the mall. <laughs> so Ernie kind of became something he really wasn't and now became a reputation. So you saw the end result of that. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so, you know, you brought up Club Dub, and that's another thing, man. Coach Nagy, in watching... I don't remember feeling the way that and this is going to sound stupid, but just let me finish my thought here. Uh, <laughs> I don't remember feeling the way I do about Nagy as I, as I did with other bears coaches in the past. And that's going back to Ditka and, and the fact that when he's doing his press conferences, I don't feel like I'm getting some kind of spin that he's trying mm-hmm. to, that he's trying to massage every word. He's just a dude talking football. And you ask him questions, and he's going to be honest with you. And he doesn't always have the answers, but he doesn't pretend like he has the answers either. And I and I think that that quality must be relating in the locker room. You watch the club dub videos, and everyone has kind of likened it to the videos that the Saints players have done in the locker rooms after after wins. But I don't mm-hmm. remember seeing Sean Payton in the middle of that. Uh, exactly, Keith. Nagy's right this. in the middle with the booms and everything, and everyone's railing around him. The Bears have found themselves a once-in-a-lifetime leader for this franchise, and you just want to see them not find a way to screw it up. Well, I want to say this. Transparency was my call to arms, so to speak, in finding the right head coach. Because what you say in the locker room is cherished. It should never leave. But it also is indicative almost in every culture where young men are being led in anything, whether it be in the prison system, whether it be in high school football or any sport, what you say to them should speak to what you say to everybody else. And when it does, and you have that kind of transparency that your head football coach showcases, then all of a sudden, man, that's my man. I got to play as hard as I possibly can to continue to keep honor and his word appropriate. And if he's that transparent with his football team, as you could tell, if he allows them to be you, as he says, then he's being himself too. So you're never lying. See, the problem with Fox and Tressman and these guys where they're lied or they, you knew they were lying because the media told you and they did the story and then they asked the tough question and then they gave you a fabricated answer. And it just, That resonates back to the locker room, even though like Mitch Trubisky is on a, you know, social media strike, him and Kyle Long, they still hear it. Mm -hmm. So when you hear unity, when you hear truthfulness, you know, I preach about this on the show to our loyal listeners. We call them barflies. That that kind of transparency is so important all through because then you can always have the winning conviction because then... The only thing that matters is Sundays and really ultimately how you handle that and how you handle your team. You see the club dub and how he answers questions like a normal human being talking football should. And that really resonates. Now think about what that does to the free agent market. Mm-hmm. I want to I want to play for that guy. It's already 
building in the locker room. Like, Khalil Mack must be so happy in his life to be able to land in Chicago and find oh that kind of place where he could just be himself. And he's not this rah-rah, you know, J.J. Watt, I'm going to work out because I know the cameras are on me type of guy. He just plays hard every down, and, and it kind of resonates with the whole thing. It's been magical, Keith, to see this season. I had them going in 10-6 and six when the MAC trade happened. They've exceeded my expectations. Everything about Coach Nagy, I've been very critical in my Tape Never Lies series, in my rants on Bears Hour Live, my show every Monday night at 10 East, 9 Central. I always do a rant and I speak the truth. And I've been, you know, critical and analytical of the coach in, you know, just simple football situations. He gets a little cute sometimes. But mm-hmm. other than that, the guy has been a blessing. So what are you thinking here? What are What's a realistic expectation for Bears fans heading into the playoffs? Well, this team is on fire. I laugh at all the national narratives. Like you said, I do a video series, The Tape Never Lies. I think I just put I – I know I just put my latest – against the Vikings. I do it every week. I always focus in on Trubisky and then a potpourri of other big plays or defensive plays. And I just wanted Bear fans to get a true reality of what your young quarterback is doing and growing in the system. And it's been evident on the tape. And that's the only place that it matters. The PFF scores and all these narratives are always wrong. And the tape never lies, Keith. So that's why I titled it that and and just bring the truth out there. And I've been so happy to see this team has been on absolute fire. I don't know that there's a hotter team, even though you're hearing that there is. And this defense to go along with a, a real resurgent, you know, confident Mitch Trubisky. Coming off that shoulder injury, he came out a little shaky against the Rams on national television. The Bears still won. This is the kind of football player you see. Then he comes back the next week, outstanding performance. Then it backs it up again with another outstanding performance to win the division against the Packers. And he continues to go. And and look what he does against the Vikings, you know, stats will tell you one story the tape tells you something so i look at this team going into the playoffs i've already predicted the score on bears barroom 35 10 bears i think bears fans should be excited this is the hot team this is the team nobody wants to face you you know drew Brees and company are praying the bears lose because they know this defense along with the solid consistent and aggressive play caller that Matt Nagy is with a confident young team is very dangerous. Yeah, I you know I agree. Looking at the way that the Eagles match up, numbers wise, I mean they're they're giving up almost two seventy a game. They're the thirtieth ranked pass defense, and mm-hmm. that bodes well for you know people. Yeah, it's, it's Mitch's second year, but this is his first year in the system. And last year's exactly. system was uncomparable and just an absolute mess. So to me, this is his rookie year. And to be giving up that that many yards for an offense that passing wise has been somewhat inconsistent sometimes. Um, yep. 
and going into the playoffs, I think as long as Mitch doesn't turn the ball over, and he can't do what he did against the Rams in the, in the right. playoffs. You can't, you can't do that. But And he doesn't necessarily have to game like he had against the Bucks either. You, right. you look at what he did against Minnesota, a high per, uh, completion percentage, wasn't very flashy, but got the job done. That's what this team needs, in my opinion. Oh, I'm totally with you. I think that's what the offense is. I think people look to fantasy stats. I mean, when you got a guy on the ropes, you've seen Matt Nagy attack them. Mm-hmm. So when you, I was there for the Tampa game. I saw backup uh, quarterback Chase Daniels versus the Giants in that game. And then I came back and gratefully got to see them live against the Packers for the NFC North title. This is a team that nobody gave a shot preseason to win. It would take Mitch three years to understand the offense. And that's not been the case whatsoever. On tape, he understands it. He's, I mean, he's in a loud, you know, new Viking stadium. I don't even know the name of the stadium. <laughs> that's how new it is. So he's out there and it's loud. That Vikings have everything to gain. And everything to lose. And Mitch Trubisky's checking at the line, picking up free runners, delivering balls on time, and allowing his playmakers to make plays. Everybody says that every week. And when they don't do it or don't perform, then it becomes the talk and conversation. And when they do perform, for some reason, there's this narrative, this microscope on this kid because Matt, excuse me, because uh, Ryan Pace traded to get him and gave away, you know, drafts capital that he then got back. No one ever really talks about that. And then, you know, Patrick Mahomes came out and now you're going to compare the two. Well, the story is the record. This is 12 and four Chicago bears. It's not just the defense. There's no Mitch Trubisky. Look at the giants game. You would see the bears with Mitch Trubisky. I said it on the show that week would win that game by two or three touchdowns against the Giants. He's that important with his legs, which are a weapon. He's that important with his accuracy and timing. Yes, every quarterback's going to make mistakes, Keith. Tom Brady, Drew Brees do it every Sunday. Aaron Rodgers, everyone's gift to the world. He does it. You know, the storylines aren't about him. But with this kid, everyone wants to write the story, wants to get the clicks. For me, I've been so actually proud of his growth and his ability to do and deliver in the critical moments. Money Mitch on third down all throughout that Viking game. And he shut the crowd out there walking out of the stadium. It's because of him. And his feet are a part of that weapon. He's not a Mike Vick looking to run. This is a guy that on third and eight can get you 15 because he's that athletic and fast when everything's covered. And that is a weapon. I'm sorry. It is a huge weapon that he has. And you look at the Eagles on the other side, Nick Foles isn't sprinting out of the pocket and is going to threaten this Bears defense. I'm just sorry. So if you you got him bottled up, that that really is going to help the team. Now, all week long, Schwartz and company are going to have to think about how they're going to attack him. And when you saw the Vikings blitzing heavily against Mitch, he beat them every time. Every time. Well, there you have it, Bears fans. The Bears should win and win easily at home this weekend. And I just really hope that you are correct. Because if it's even close, uh, I may be choking on my dinner at the time. Yeah, I'm going to be with you. I, I will be shocked 
I'll let you have this quote. I'll be shocked if the Bears lose this game. Now, any given Sunday, anybody can win. But I just think Chicago, their defense, the only thing I concern myself with is kicker Cody Parkey. Oh, God. He's like a crapshoot every time he gets up to kick a football. And that is the one area that concerns me because momentum and what have you. But other than that, I just don't see the Eagles stepping up to the Chicago Bears. He is the black cloud hanging over Ryan Pace's head. Because if <laughs> he, he misses, really if he loses this game, everyone's going to be talking about Robbie Gold two years ago. That's that's all we're going to be talking about. I think Robbie is going to be in the building. Of course he is. crazy about that. <laughs> him and his whole family are going to the game. So. That's great. I'm actually looking at a mini helmet I have signed by Robbie Gold. So this is not, this is all, this is not boating well, superstitiously. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to be fine. I keep telling everyone, I really believe that. You know, last week I felt comfortable in saying the Bears were going to beat up and sweep the Vikings. You saw that come to fruition. Really, ultimately... Between Mitch and the Chicago Bears front seven, that really is the yeah. story of the, the season. Mm-hmm. They're so good, Keith, up front. It's on, on three-step game, they're getting pressure on the quarterback. And that's even with backups in there. Bilal Nichols, Roy Robinson, Harris, they come in and they affect the quarterback. It's just been a rotation. And you saw the recipe with the Eagles last year. They had that great rotation of pass rushers, well, the Bears have that right now, and they have a real confident young quarterback in Mitch Trubisky. So I love it. I really believe we're going to be excited, and I appreciate coming on with you to talk about it, man. Uh. And if you if you want to follow me on Twitter, at Fulfillo, as he said, if you check out the Tape Never Lies, Bears fans, on YouTube, it's at Bears Barroom on YouTube, the Tape Never Lies series. And you could jump and listen to our podcast too. I'm gonna have Keith on. I gotta bring you on, Keith. Make it happen. Let's make it happen. <laughs> All right. All right, everybody. That's Phil Otoshin from BearsBarroom.com. Thanks again for joining Phil and we'll have to recap after this weekend. Absolutely. Thanks again.